Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of 80s Wrestling, the podcast, and we got a big one today. My name is Jumpin' Jay, and as always, I'm joined by the Macho Madness Man himself, yeah, Tommy Macho King Fierro. Tommy, how are you doing, brother? <laughs> I was I was about to do his voice, but then uh, you'd probably ridicule me like you did when I did Bushwhacker Luke's voice and uh, and my other voices. But uh, I, I could I could give you a try. I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm sure I, there's tons and tons of more people out there that can do a better Macho Man than I could. But I'll give it a try. Oh yeah, freak you, freak you, the Macho Man Randy Savage here. Yeah, we're gonna talk about him today. On Edie's wrestling the podcast, yeah, dynamite, man. If you are a fan of Edie's wrestling, I promise you, you've done an impression of Macho Man at some point. Such an iconic voice. But I got to be honest with you, Tommy. I have been impressed with all of your voices. They've all been spot on. The only <laughs> one that made me laugh a little bit is your Bushwhacker Luke impression. But I tell you what. <laughs> After watching your Monday Night Virtual with the man himself, I've got to say, your impression's not that far off. Thank you, mate. Thank you, mate. Now, let's talk about that before we jump in uh, to our first caller. Let's talk about that signing that we just came off of on Monday night. You had Gimmick Night. And I got to tell you, Tommy, it was one of the most entertaining Monday Night Virtuals in a while. The three guys you had on, Great storytellers, great characters. For those of those listeners that maybe didn't get to see it, tell us how great it was. What did they miss? It was it was cool, man. We did gimmick night this past Monday for our Monday night virtual, and it was Bushwhacker Luke, the Brooklyn Brawler, and Mo from Men on a Mission. Brawler obviously had a, a ton of different gimmicks. He was the Brooklyn Brawler. He was a knuckleball. He was kimchi, and uh, it was cool to have. It, I mean. If you're if you were gonna to put together a panel of, of, of three guys to sit down, uh, you had a piece of paper and a pen, and five five million I was gonna say five thousand five million people wrote down their top uh, their, their three choices to sit down together. I guarantee you, no one's gonna write down Bushwhacker Luke, Brooklyn Brawler, and Mo for Men on a Mission. But that's what uh, that's what made it uh, entertaining. Uh, but yeah, we'll talk about it more in the show. It, it was it was it was good, man. It was a good one, and today we got a good one on the show because we're talking about none other than the macho man himself, Randy Savage. And all show long, we're going to be reminiscing about our favorite moments, our favorite matches, and our favorite opponents of one of the greatest of all time. And if you're listening to us live on the Blog Talk radio site right now, you can call in and give us your opinion of the Savage one. The guest call-in number here is 516-595-8295. And Tommy, the line is already blowing up. We're two callers deep. And the first number, I recognize. He's called in the last few episodes. It is none other than superfan Danny from Butler. Danny, welcome back to the show. Tommy, Jumpin' Jay, how's it going? Danny from Butler, our main man. What's going on, brother? I'm not much, man. You know, you got to kick off the show. You know, you you need that uh, opening act, just like uh, you could call me, I guess, the 
the Tito Santana of uh, 80s wrestling because you got to, you know, you got to kick off the show the right way. <laughs> well, we, def- we definitely are with you, man, and uh, we appreciate you calling in every week. And I know from you coming into the store all the time that Macho Man Randy Savage was definitely one of your favorite wrestlers growing up as a kid. Danny, what, what are a few of your favorite Macho Man moments and memories that stick in your mind 35 years later? Well, listen, you know, if you gave me the whole hour to talk about this, I'd probably, I'll, I'll probably be able to fill up the whole hour, unfortunately. Absolutely. You have a, we have more we have more callers, so they got to get in. But um, you know I, I'm gonna kick it off with uh, you know listen. All due respect to Shawn Michaels, he's been given the moniker WrestleMania, uh, Mr. WrestleMania, rightfully so. I have nothing against him. One of the greatest in-ring performers of all time. But without a doubt, the original Mr. WrestleMania has to be Randy Savage. Let's uh, you know just go back to obviously everybody talks about WrestleMania three, his match with Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. That's a match that to this day, as you say, 34 years later, people talk about it, a match that inspired a generation of superstars to get into that business. You know, just, you know, just look at Chris Jericho. He, you know, he, he mentioned it, he mentions in his book and so many other superstars wrestling four matches at WrestleMania four to win the vacant title. Um, the match we had at, with Hogan at, at WrestleMania five, uh, you know, making ultimate warrior look great at WrestleMania seven and his match at WrestleMania eight with, uh, with Ric Flair, um, the guy, tremendous in-ring performer. He had it all, the, char- the charisma, the raspy voice. You know, he's a, you know, he's as a part of pop culture. Um, like I said, I don't know what else. You know, there's so many things you could say about Savage. You know, you, you look at, you know, his first title reign. You know, he had a, that was a hard act to follow. You know, I'm following up Hogan after four years as the WWF champion and. They didn't miss a beat with him as champ. He was a tremendous champ. And uh, to go back uh, on a few podcasts, you know, when you guys talked about the Intercontinental Championship, you know, without a doubt, there's, you know, there's no greater Intercontinental Champion than Randy. Um, he made that title prestigious, I think. You know, even when he was the Intercontinental Champion, all he did was talk about going after Hogan and the world title while he was the Intercontinental Champ. You know, so, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of crazy, Talking of you know thinking about the career he had you know how as legendary as it was, and you know, I, re- I remember hearing you know his brother Leaping Lanny talk about how he was always chasing that next match that he had with Steamboat. He could never duplicate that. So you, that comes to show you what, what type of professional he was, how much of a perfectionist he was. You know, as great as a performer he was in the ring. He was, I think, I think he was a, a greater person outside. But, you know, he, he all you hear the stories of what he did for children. Was just such a giving person, and um, I was. And of all the superstars, I would have loved to meet. That was the one guy that I wish to this day I had an opportunity to meet, take a picture with, get an autograph. Unfortunately, you know, it wasn't meant to be. But you know, I'm telling you, Randy, without a doubt, that guy was. He was five five stars across the board. When uh, you know, you talk about the great in ring performers of all time. Absolutely. And, and everything you just said, Danny, I, I, you probably hit a nail on the head for me, for Jay, and probably everyone out there that's listening to this right now. He, he was one of the greatest, if not the greatest uh, of all time. He was absolutely phenomenal. One of my uh, childhood heroes and, and Jay's as well. Probably everyone else listening to this podcast. But everything you said, uh, Danny, was awesome, man. And I, I couldn't agree with him more. And as always, brother, we always appreciate you calling in, and hopefully it's a, it's a, a weekly habit for you. Oh, you, you, you guys already know, man. I, uh, 
listen to you guys every week. And, you know, I say I look forward to these Thursdays to see what uh, what's in store week in and week out. And like I said, you guys uh, never – you never, you, you never, you, you never fail to deliver on uh, expectations. So you guys keep up the good work. You, know, you guys are <laughs> doing a great man. job. You guys just, you know, keep it, keep it going. And uh, I'll be looking forward to hearing you guys week in and week out. Tommy, I'll see you soon. Jumping Jay, you guys take it easy. Have a great weekend. You too, Thank bro. you, Danny. Well, I think I'm going to rename him Dan the Man. Dan the Man. Dan, Dan the Man from Butler. He's yeah, listen, like- man. Not only is he knowledgeable, but he's very passionate. And you can just hear in his voice the respect he had for Randy Savage because he is one of the greatest to ever lace up a pair of boots, and that's why we're talking about him. Tommy, we got another caller who's been listening on hold this whole time, so we're going to invite them into the conversation. Hello. Welcome to 80s Wrestling, the podcast. What's your name and where are you calling from? Emo from Worcester. Emil Menard from uh, Massachusetts, something, Jay, two weeks in a row. Listen, Emil had a heck of a showing on Monday night. He got some good stuff from that gimmick night signing. He sure did. He actually won the original, the original uh, glove of Abe Knuckleball Schwartz uh, this past Monday. Emil, I mean, how cool is that? You're going to own a piece of wrestling history now. That's why I wanted it, and that's why I put it in the bid. <laughs> nobody wants to fight me for that bitch. No, nah, man, that was a steal. He, he went for $250 with absolute steal. Emil, we're talking today about the macho man, Randy Savage. Obviously, I know that you are a gigantic 80s wrestling fan, Emil, and I know that Savage is one of your favorites as well. What, what are some of your favorite Randy Savage moments and memories growing up as a child? Uh, it was mostly when he played heel against Hogan. Um, because he was one of the best, like, um, foundation blocks of 80s wrestling. He can Absolutely. do it all. Absolutely. Now, now were, were you were you a, a, a fan of his prior to that, or has that sparked your interest to, to get to get him uh, to be one of your favorites when he, when he turned on Hogan? Uh, Hogan was one of my favorites. Uh, when he was good at WrestleMania 4, I was probably three, so I didn't know anything, but when I first started watching, I was the best. And when he became heel, I was I was mad. But he did give him a run for his money. Absolutely. So, so where, where would you, Emil, put Randy Savage as far as being, you know, the, 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 the greatest performer ever? Would you put him in the top three, the top five, the top ten? Where, where does he stand for you? To me, you'll be top three. Yeah, it would I, I, be. Uh, I would put him third, or either second or third, because Bobby Heenan is number one. He could do it all. That's really, uh, it's really hard to to, to, to fight that. Uh, Emil, as always, yeah. thank you so much for calling into the podcast. We appreciate all your support. Uh, give me your best Macho Man impersonation before you sign off. Oh, yeah. I guess that's it's solid. Than, I guess it was that's better solid. than my bookmarker, Luke. <laughs> that's a solid. Emil, before we let and Emil, before we let you go, uh, I just got to know, as a fan now looking back at the career of Randy Savage, do you prefer him working heel or do you prefer Babyface Savage? I would 
say heel. Good he, choice. Solid choice. Formed at his best. When he was at his best was playing heel. I agree. I agree. Now, Emil, you, you, you can actually uh, put your phone away. I know you're delivering meal right now in Massachusetts, so I know you're, uh, you're, I know you're on your phone, and that's why you have the background noise. You, you go back to deliver the meal, brother. We appreciate you calling in. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Have a great day, Emil. I'll tell you what. That, that's that's a, a loyal listener and follower, Jay, when you know he's literally delivering meal right now because you can hear his phone juggling around as he's walking. And uh, that, that's, that's, a, that's a true supporter right there, man. Yeah, doesn't the post office have a saying about that? Uh, rain, sleet, snow, and 80s wrestling won't hold up the postal service? I think it goes something like that. Brother, that's a T-shirt. That's a T-shirt. Listen, if we make a T-shirt of that and put it in the Monday night virtual signing or uh, auction, I know who's buying one for sure. <laughs> Tommy, we got one more caller who's been patiently waiting on hold, listening, waiting for their chance to get their two cents in about Macho Man Randy Savage. So we're jumping into our third caller of the show. Hello. Welcome to 80s Wrestling, the podcast. What's your name and where are you calling from? My name is Brandon. I'm calling from the Philadelphia area. Brandon from the Philadelphia area. What's going on, man? How are you? Dude, I've been wanting to share this Macho Man Randy Savage story for a long time, but it's crazy because I grew up with, like, a lot of older siblings, so a lot of my friends never really cared about it. But one time, Macho Man went to the Wachovia Center in South Philly. I was in kindergarten, and I overheard him. I overheard the program on the radio, and I begged my mom to take me. I begged her. So we cut school, and we went to go uh, meet Macho Man Randy Savage. He personally pulled me out of line sat me on his lap and let me sign autographs with him for three hours straight. So that was one of the most probably awesome days of my life. And I'm a wow. 26-year-old man now. So I just wanted to call and share that with you guys. And when he died, I had to run back into him and, like, show him the pictures he took of me. He probably wouldn't have remembered if he was alive because he's met millions of people. But the fact that he sat me on his lap, let me sign autographs, told me I was an NWO, like the whole nine. So hey, I'll I tell you what, Brandon. Him. Do me a favor, man. Send me, uh, DM me a picture of you and Savage together uh, on 80, uh, Instagram. It's at 80s Wrestling. I'm not, I'm not sure which one you follow us on, but or Twitter. It doesn't matter which one. I want to post that picture because people that are listening to this right now, I want them to visually see that story. So if you can, if you can shoot me over that picture uh, on our DM on 80s Wrestling on Instagram, I'll post it later today for everyone to see. Okay, I'll, I'll uh, go call my mom and beg her for it because I'm pretty sure she has <laughs> that still way somewhere. Cause she uh, she holds it close. And a cool fun fact about it, he was also with Miss Elizabeth. So it was just an awesome day. I just wanted to call in and, and get my two cents on that because I, I hear a lot about, like, his wrestling and in-ring stuff. And that was, like, an uh, introduction to me meeting him outside the ring. And I was just so awesome as a kid to, like, have your superhero think you're cool too so i just wanted to call and share that and i definitely will get back to you about the uh picture i follow your instagram all right brother thank you so much man we appreciate you calling in please call in the future too yeah no problem you guys have a good day you too brother thank Thank you that's a cool story man that's a very cool story that is a that is a unique story and what a special memory for that guy that's amazing yeah i i'll tell you what man um 
I, I actually had a chance to meet Majin Man 2 as a kid, believe it or not. I was actually a little bit older. I was probably probably 13 or 14. Uh, I went to a benefit dinner that WWF was doing in New York. It was called Headlock on Hunger. I'm not sure if you remember it or not. Um, but it was a it was a benefit dinner they were doing to raise money, and I remember the uh, I remember Undertaker was there. I actually got a I autographed Undertaker magazine there, and I met Macho Man there. And uh, trying to I'm, I'm not sure who else is there. I have to probably look at if I look it up, I can find it. But I, I do remember meeting him there. So I I could say I met the Macho Man, uh, which is pretty cool. That is very cool because uh, as our last caller said unfortunately he's passed and so you will no longer get the chance to do that so if you had the opportunity when he was walking the earth to meet him that is a fantastic memory to hold tight to out of curiosity tommy do you remember what the macho man was wearing at the headlock for hunger banquet one of one of his probably one of his uh flamboyant get-ups you know like the, the multicolor ones or you know, like, you the, know, the green and the purple. He was he was definitely in character. He was dressed. He was like that was his suit. Like most people had like suit times like a nice place. He was dressed like that. You know, I remember having the hat on and in his whole his whole getup he had on. That's fantastic. It was in the cowboy hat phase of the Macho Man. Yes, yes. I love it. All right, Tommy. Now that we don't have any callers holding for the moment, there's a question I want to ask you when it comes to Randy Savage. When the name Randy Savage is mentioned, what is the first image that pops into your into your mind? Is it an opponent? Is it a moment? Is it a promo that he cut? What is the first thing that pops into Tommy's mind when he hears the name I, Randy Savage? I think that my answer is probably going to be a little bit different. All those options that you gave me were great, but actually what pops into my head first when I hear Randy Savage is my childhood. Because growing up as a kid, it was Hulk Hogan and it was Macho Man, you know, Ultimate Warrior too. But I mean, Hogan and Savage during that time, for, and, and others as well. I'm not saying, but the big ones was Hogan and Savage, uh, especially during that time frame when they were, you know, feuding with each other. That WrestleMania Five, uh, that that whole, you know, the SummerSlam them teaming up and the tournament previous that that, that whole time frame. I think for me as a fan was probably the greatest. Uh, wrestling moments ever was was during the, between the time frame of WrestleMania four and WrestleMania five. Absolutely love everything they did. To you know, we talked about this on previous episodes as well about how much uh, multiple times how much we both loved that angle and, and and how special it was. But yeah, man, when I when I hear Randy Savage, the first thing I think of is my childhood because he was one of my favorites as a kid and and I had everything Macho Man from the LJN figure to the T-shirts to the posters hanging up on the wall to basically anything they produced back then as, as, as a company, I, I had uh, the, the, the bandana, uh, everything, I mean, everything Macho Man I had, the, the wall hanger. He was, he was iconic, man. He's, he's a household name. He's pop culture, like Dan said from Butler. And uh, that's, I, I mean, that's pretty much the first thing I think of is I look back at it with a smile on my face because you know, wrestling was my life as a kid. I'm sure it was for everyone else that's listening to this as well. And he was a gigantic, gigantic, enormous uh, part of that. So, yeah, man, that's the first thing I think of. How about you? That Listen, your answer is fantastic because we were fortunate enough 
to grow up during this time period in professional wrestling that we lovingly refer to as the golden era. And it's pretty hard to imagine if you grew up in that era and started watching wrestling that you didn't fall in love with the world of professional wrestling. And it was because of the characters, Macho Man being a big one of those. It was the characters. It was the storytelling. It drew you in. They were larger than life. And you often make the reference that if you see a modern era wrestler in the supermarket, you may not draw, it may not draw your eye. You may not think that's anybody if you don't watch wrestling. Macho Man was so intense and he had such an aura about him that I would say, even if you weren't a wrestling fan, but you saw him at the supermarket, something in your mind would tell you this guy is made a little bit differently. He's cut from a different cloth. And I think that's what made the wrestlers of the 80s a little bit more special. Tommy, as we're reminiscing here, the call line is lighting up again. So we're going to invite another fan into the conversation. Welcome to 80s Wrestling, the podcast. You're on with Tommy and Jumpin' Jay. What's your name, caller, and where are you calling from? Hey, Tommy and Jay. It's Joe Puccio from Long Island. How are you? Joe from Long Island. What's up, brother? How are you, man? Pretty good, pretty good. Uh, enjoying the show, uh, obviously, about one of the all-time greats, the Macho Man. Uh, I had to uh, just call in real quick and just uh, give, a, give a couple of uh, opinions on the Macho Man. Uh, definitely, um, it's funny you did the show on Piper several weeks back, because I always said Savage and Piper were probably, as far as I'm concerned, the two top... Uh, characters in the WWF in the in the mid 80s, mid to late 80s, as far as uh, especially on the heel side, uh, I just don't think it got any more colorful than Randy Savage. He was the type of character that's once in a lifetime, and even even non fans, you know, at that time, uh, just just loved Savage. They knew him. He had that unique look that'll never be duplicated. Uh, and I just think uh, he was absolutely, uh, you know, the, the of the top, uh, he was in the top two heels uh, of the WWF in the in that '80s glory period. And uh, obviously, you can make a case for so many great moments that he had. I mean, the the ones that everybody always brings up, obviously with Hogan, uh, whether he was a partner of Hogan or an opponent, he had the classic matches with Steamboat and Santana, people like that. But a couple of things I just wanted to point out that maybe get forgotten about sometimes. Um, one thing I always remember, I loved his matches with uh, Jake Roberts. Uh, he uh, one, The one thing in particular, and as a kid, I just uh, couldn't get over it, as everybody remembers when, uh, when the snake bit Savage on the arm. Uh, it, it just left such an impression on me as a kid. And I even remember back then... Uh, I believe calling into uh, the, one of the uh, wrestling radio shows, the one on WFAN uh, at the time, just just talking about that, just because I was so blown away, asking if it was legit or not, you know, <laughs> which which it actually was a real snake bite, uh, which was just an amazing moment. And uh, another thing, along with along the lines of Jake, I don't know if anybody remembers, but Savage actually had a really cool match with Roberts uh, when they were both heels in the early 90s, I want to say, maybe like 91 or 92, uh, that also left an impression on me just because you didn't see that back then. You know, it's like now we get we get that every once in a while, but to see two of the top heels in the WWF going at it on national TV was, was pretty crazy. 
Absolutely, man. And, and everything you just said, I, I feel, I feel like with, with every caller so far, Jay, I feel like I'm listening to myself talk because everything that Joe just said, he had a home run with. I, I couldn't agree with anything more than everything you just said, you know? You're absolutely right. Joe, you bring up excellent points. You seem to really know your stuff when it comes not only to wrestling, but to Savage. So let me just ask you, Joe, can you talk to us just briefly about the intensity that Randy Savage had in everything that he did and how you feel that helped his character get over the way it did? Yeah, there was a, that, that's another part of it. There was nobody more intense, um, you know, during that time period and even now, which just his interview style, um, you know, every match seemed like seemed important. Everything seemed to mean something, even if it was a match that you maybe otherwise wouldn't really have, you know, you maybe wouldn't really cared about as much. Uh, his interview style, just there, there was nobody more intense than than somebody like Savage, especially I think when he was when he was a heel. Um, you know, don't get me wrong, he was a great face as well. Um, I think everybody can agree on that. But as far as um, each side, I mean, I, I just think he really excelled um, on the heel side. Obviously, the interaction with him and Elizabeth was priceless you know you can never get that again but um yeah and and you know and even his his style and and, and everything i mean i know he took it from um uh i think he took it from uh, uh pampiro uh, furpo uh the old-time wrestler i think that was the the guy that he actually borrowed his interview style from um you know going way back but um you know obviously he brought it to a national audience and uh and and i don't think he ever he ever tried to make it come across like it that that uh uh i think he would have he would have obviously uh let everybody know that it was uh it was taken from him as well it was more of a tribute but um yeah he obviously brought it to it to a whole different crowd and a whole new audience and it was just uh it was unbelievable that's very well said joe you're a very well-spoken individual uh, I'd love to spend more time talking with you, um, but we have other things to get to. So I, I would just like to know, off the top of your head, I asked Tommy the same question. When you hear the name Randy Savage, Joe, what is the first image or memory that pops into your mind? Um, you know, if you got to put me on the spot and say something like that, I would probably go along and, and just say that, uh, you know, WrestleMania three, Savage Steamboat, because, I mean, that was the height of – you know, that was the height of 80s wrestling on, on a lot of people's minds. I mean, 1987, you're talking about the biggest WrestleMania, and obviously they stole the show. Uh, you know, they stole it from Hogan and Andre. But, um, you know, I think that's probably the, the pinnacle um, as far as that goes, um, which in a way actually, uh, you know, might have even uh, been a blessing, you know, and a curse because it was so great. But, you know, then I, I know that uh, – I know. Lenny Poffo has said on many occasions that he always tried to live up to that, uh, to that match, which he did. I mean, he definitely had matches that were, were great as well, but I just think that it was sort of like it was, it was such a high moment in his career um, in front of that crowd that he almost felt like what could top that after it. But, um, yeah, I would probably say that, you know, I, I think that would probably be the, the moment uh, that I think of when I, when I hear that name. That's a great answer. That match is held in top regards by many fans of professional wrestling. And as a previous caller said, today's superstars often refer to that match as a contributing factor to why they fell in love with the business. Joe, 
I can't thank you enough for calling in. Thank you for listening. I know Tommy feels the same way. We hope you continue to listen and call back in the future because you are a joy to talk to, Joe. Thank you, brother. Thanks so much, guys. Have a good show. Listen, man, I love love intelligent callers, man. Joe's right up there. Listen, a lot of times wrestling fans – get a bad rap. But if you listen to the caliber of phone calls we've been getting this morning, 80s wrestling fans are coming out looking pretty darn sharp this morning. Absolutely, man. All right, so let's talk heel savage or face savage. Callers seem to go either way. Some people love him as a heel. Other people refer to his uh, matches where he happens to be the, the good guy is some of their favorites. So let's break it down, Tommy. He's one of these guys that we were able to see do both in his career. He'd have a tremendous heel run. He'd turn face. He'd go back to heel. He'd go back to face. He was very good at both aspects of working the match. In your opinion, if you had the magic booking device and you had your own federation and Savage is one of your superstars, would you book him heel or would you book him face? Baby face all the way, man. Baby faces make more money for you. And he, I mean, first of all, he was absolutely out of this world good with, with both heel and face. No question about it. He was one of the best to ever do it in both categories. But for me, I I look back on my childhood with a huge smile on my face. And part of that reason why is because Randy Savage growing up was one of those heroes for me. And I, I mean, I liked him. Don't get me wrong. I liked him as a heel, too, as a kid. He was one of those cool heels for me. But, I mean, when he was a baby face, and see, back then it was so different, man. We talk about this all the time on the show, too. There was magic back then. There's no magic anymore. Uh, but for me, uh, it's savage. If I was booking back then, it's savage all the way as a baby face because uh, baby faces in that time frame, uh, Jay, moved more merchandise and, and made more money. So um, he was super over his both. But for me, I, I, would, I would do him as a babyface because I would capitalize on uh, the marketability of him from every aspect of every clothing line and uh, item that I can put his face and likeness on. You know, you can tell right off the bat, Tommy, that you are a promoter at heart because you're not just <laughs> thinking what you want to see. You want to see you, – you're thinking about what's going to make the cash register exactly. jump up. And so that's a very smart answer, and I will say this. When it comes to Savage as a babyface or as babyfaces in general, it always helps, at least in my opinion, if the babyface is undersized compared to his opponents. Now, Savage was about six foot two. I couldn't tell you about what he weighed uh, as a shoot. I think he was listed somewhere between 250, 260, somewhere in there. But when you're a babyface and you're a smaller frame guy in the era that we're talking about, when the bad guys are big, bad dudes. The problem with Hogan's all-time face run is that he's a big man. And so it gets hard to find opponents that are believable against a guy the size of Hogan. Savage is a little smaller in pro wrestling standards compared to a Hogan. And so his opponents didn't have to be big lumbering villains. They could be guys that could work a good match. And so Randy could have a lot of good matches with a lot of good heels. And then when he is undersized against his opponent, he's able to fight from underneath, which is a trademark of a good babyface. If I were booking 
and I wasn't worried about dollar signs, I don't know if you can get a better heel than Macho Man Randy Savage. From his intensity to his promos, when he had Sensational Sherry, when he adopted the King moniker, there's just no limit to what Macho Man could do in order to get underneath the skin of the fan and his opponents. And so, like you said, he's great at either. I don't think you could book it wrong. It's just interesting that he's so versatile that two guys that love him have different views on, on how you would use him because he's just so good. Dude, I, first of all, I, I agree with everything you just said. Uh, absolutely, Jane. And you, you yourself, I, I, I could sit back sometimes and just listen to you talk because everything that you say also I, I agree with. And I just I, I enjoy your uh, your point of view on on, on the business because I, we we pretty much share the same train of thought on a, a lot of things. What, what I want to say real quickly, I don't know what made me just think of this. Maybe because I'm in my store right now and I just looked up and I'm sitting next to my autograph wall. I have my uh, my desk back here. Uh, well, makeshift desk is a table with a printer and uh, and a computer on it because. I do my signings back here in the back room, but when I'm, I don't have signings, I have it set up for an office for me. Uh, I'm looking at my wall and I see Sonny's name up on the wall. I, I, I would just, I, I, it just came in my head. Can you imagine? Uh, and first of all, Elizabeth was perfect in her role. Perfect. But can you imagine if uh, Sonny was a little bit before her time and she was in that role as Miss Elizabeth? with with savage and and she's fucking excuse my language she's extremely good too she knows the business very well she knows how to sell everything and knows her facials she would have been amazing in that spot i don't know what made made me just think of that but i just did no you're absolutely right she would have been fantastic in that role it would be very interesting um if in some alternate universe she could kind of plug in people from different eras into different positions and see how it would have gone over, see how it would have affected the business. Sunny knows the business. Uh, like you said, she was excellent at facial expressions and selling stuff in the ring, a little more physical than Elizabeth was in her role. And so it would have been definitely interesting. Tommy, as long as you're sitting at the Wrestling Collector Superstore and we're talking about Savage, I have to, my brain is just wondering now, it's tingling. What is the coolest piece of Savage merchandise, memorabilia, action figure. What's like your favorite piece of Randy Savage that you have in that store? That's that's in the store right now? Yeah, that's in the store right now that somebody have, can walk have, in and see. I have a uh, Macho Man stretch wrestler still new in the box. Oh, Remember? my word. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's, that's super cool. That's on the floor to be sold. Like somebody can it's walk in today. On the floor today. to be sold. Anyone who wants to come oh, and buy Oh, my word. That is cool. I did not expect or, that. Or if you're, or if, or if you're not local, uh, call me at the store and I'll, I'll, I'll ship it to you. If you want to grab a pen real quick, and I'll give you the number of the store, you can call today. The number is nine seven three six nine seven one four two one. Again, that is nine seven three six nine seven one four two one. I'll be here all day, uh, so you'll be uh, – when I answer the phone, it'll be me, so you'll know my voice from the, from the podcast. Or you can wait till Sunday and talk to Mommy Fierro. She might cut you a better deal. I don't no, know. No, no, no. Don't talk to her. She won't <laughs> cut me. I just, I just remember uh, – didn't she help you sell all of your stretch figures as a kid at a garage sale? 
<laughs> no, I was I was adult in my own fucking <laughs> stupid decision. <laughs> All right, listen, I I'll asked. Story, I'll, I'll tell that story real quick, just real briefly. Tell it, yes, uh, tell it again for anyone that didn't listen. We said it earlier when we started doing the podcast. I had a garage sale one time before we were moving to a new a new house, and I had oh I had seven stretch wrestlers still brand new in the box, the big blue boxes, brand spanking new, and I sold them for a hundred dollars each. And now I want to take my head and crash it up against the wall about 5,387 times. But I do have a Macho Man one that's available now at the Wrestling Collector. In All right, Tommy. I got to tell you, one of the reasons I asked that question about what's, what's for sale is because I do follow you on social media, and yesterday you posted a picture of a Macho Man foam finger. So I thought that's what you were going to say. I'm looking at that picture of that foam finger right now, and off to the left, I see the stretch figure. I don't know how I missed it when I looked at this picture <laughs> yesterday. Half the box. I can see half the box. So I just see E-T-C-H. So it just says it was a clearly, tease, brother. It was a tease. Clearly, it's the Macho Man on that box. You can see the, the stars on the trunks there. So either a foam finger or a stretch, you can't go wrong. Head over to Tommy's shop and pick out some cool Savage merchandise. Listen, I know or, you're or, a huge or, or, or the shop. Or call the shop, just not on Sunday. Call the shop today and <laughs> get it out to you. Mommy Fierro will undercut him in price. So, Tommy, let me ask you this. You live in the world of wrestling merchandise. You were a big fan of all merchandise growing up. Obviously, now it's, it's what you do to, to earn a living for your family. So let me ask you this. Maybe it's not in your store, but do you have in your mind one of the, the best pieces of Savage merchandise that you remember as a, as a kid growing up? Is there a piece that stands out to you as – this is an iconic piece of Savage merchandise. It, yeah, in my hands, uh, probably six months ago, I had a signed 8x10 of Savage and Elizabeth together signed, and it was, uh, it was certified as well with a, with a certificate of authenticity from JSA. And it, it was a really, 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 really cool piece. Obviously, both of those uh, unbelievable performers have passed away, so being able to get both their signatures on – uh, the same picture is extremely, extremely, extremely difficult to find in 2021. So I, I had it and I, I sold it and I sold it for a, a, a good price. Uh, I, I still wish that I didn't do it, though. I wish that I can have that framed up uh, hanging in my store right now because I, I had it before I opened the store and sold it before I opened the store. So uh, that's one thing I regret because I wouldn't have sold it. I just would have hung it up. Uh, at the shop, but uh, yeah, I, ha I had I had it in my hands and, and sold it. Listen, I've told you on more than one occasion, the thing about your job that I think would be the toughest is you see these amazing pieces of memorabilia come through your door, and your whole business plan is you have to sell it in order to make money. And as a wrestling fan, you want to keep everything. And so I definitely everything. understand, yeah, I definitely understand you're wanting to hang on to that picture, but at the end of the day, you're in the business of selling things. The nice thing is, is I have to believe whoever buys stuff from your store is a super huge wrestling fan themselves. And so you must find some reassurance in knowing all this stuff is going to good homes. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it is tough though, man, because there's times, a lot of times, Jay, people just come in with, with stuff to sell me or uh, they'll email me or send me a message on, on Instagram or whatever. And then when they send me pictures of stuff, like, dude, there's like LGN figures still brand new in the box. Like, hell yeah. I first of all, of course I want them, 
but I want yes. them for me. I don't want to sell them. You know? <laughs> but when you see stuff like that, like when you have like the Hasbro figures still new in the box, and like like stuff like that, like you, I mean, it's worth a lot of money, but you don't want to sell them because it's so cool. But yeah, it, it's tough. It's very tough at times. That would be the toughest part of the job. Now, when we're talking about Macho Man Randy Savage, one of the toughest jobs is picking a favorite match of his. A couple of the callers referenced the WrestleMania three iconic Intercontinental Championship bout against Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, but Savage has a whole list of fantastic matches. So, Tommy, I would love to get your input. Let's talk a little bit about some of the ma- the matches we remember about Macho Man. Clearly, WrestleMania three is on top of everybody's list. Other than that one, what's another match that pops into your head during the conversation of Savage? First of all, for me, that's not – I know that that match is on top of everyone's list. is is probably the greatest WrestleMania match or the greatest Randy Savage match ever. For me, for me no way. For well, me, where does it fall on your list? Is it in the oh, top five, top three oh, yeah, of yeah. Savage? Yeah. Top, yeah, top top three, definitely. But I'm saying Hogan, Savage, WrestleMania five, because that was an absolute gigantic major memory that we as wrestling fans, and not that Savage and Steamboat wasn't, because they were as well, but I'm talking about as far as like big iconic moments, like that match made a lot of money. And and in that match for me, like there there was probably no besides Hogan and Andre. I mean that's got to be right up there for me personally. It's probably the next biggest WrestleMania match uh, ever. So for me, uh, I, I look at it as I mean both matches were awesome, but I think that the Savage Hogan match was far more successful in the box office wise and financially wise for the company. Uh, again, he was he was put in a different position he was than he was with. Uh, Steamboat, but still, I, I like you said, man. I, I guess I look at it differently as a promoter, but I, all day for me, I pick Hogan and Savage all day long. I don't, I don't care that tech. I don't care technically that Savage and Steamboat was probably much better and athletically. That means nothing to me. What matters to me is 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 the box office uh, revenue. One of the things that I love about the world of professional wrestling is there are multiple reasons why a match can be a great match. Yes, having a strong technical wrestling match can be entertaining, give the athleticism a proper display when it comes to professional wrestling, and that can lead to a fantastic, amazing match. On the other hand, you could have very little technical wrestling done in a match, but you can make a match have pomp and circumstance and big fight night feel by the buildup, by the characters involved, by the storyline. And in the world of professional wrestling, especially in the 80s, oftentimes it's that side of professional wrestling that made the industry great. And Savage Hogan, while not a technical classic, box office hit because of the two people involved, the pomp, the circumstance, the showmanship of it, the big fight feel, and the storyline leading up. So if you were a fan of athletic wrestling, you'd probably prefer Savage Steamboat. If you're a fan of the world of professional wrestling and everything that goes along with it, you'd probably lean towards Savage Hogan. I, in my mind, if I had to sit down right now and relive one of those matches and watch it, I'd probably pick Savage Hogan because that's going to give me more of my childhood feels 
than WrestleMania 3 did. But when I'm in the mood to watch awesome wrestling at its purest form, I would go Savage Steamboat. So I agree with you, Tommy. Different things can make a match feel big. I think you articulated that perfectly, man. Oh, thank you, brother. And I think that you're a, a, a guy that I would love to have the opportunity to um, super kick in your chin and, and throw you through a glass window. Listen, if you're going to break up a team, that's the only way to do it. Brother, they set never the, break it up. They set the bar very high. But for everyone who's listening, this will never happen because jumping Jay – I got the stone cold Steve Austin look going on. I am I am bald, and so you won't catch me within thirty yards of a barbershop, brother. <laughs> brother, I would never turn on you, man. Never, ever, and, ever, ever. And the other thing that listeners need to know is that Jumpin' Jay stands six foot five inches tall. That's a long way to get your super kick up, brother. He's, he's, he's a big he's a big boy. <laughs> he's a big boy. I wouldn't want to mess with him. He's a gentle right. giant. So we got Savage Steamboat out of the way. We got Hogan Savage out of the way. What's next in Tommy's list of favorite classic Savage matches? See, again, at the top of the show, Danny said that he can talk one hour uh, just about all his Savage memories. And if me and you are talking about his entire career, I guarantee you that for the next five hours, we can run down every one of his highlights, every one of his matches and moments that meant something and we would still be talking. So it's really, 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 really tough to uh, single it down to one hour talking about a, a man who was such a gigantic, gigantic reason why wrestling became so popular in the 80s. He's right up there with Hogan as far as the, the uh, responsibility that he had at that time and the opportunity that he had at that time to, to, to make wrestling super, super ultra red hot. So yeah, it's tough. Uh, yeah, Savage and Hogan obviously comes to mind immediately. Savage Steamboat comes to mind immediately. Uh, he, the last caller brought up a great one, Jake Roberts and, and Savage. I remember that uh, as a kid as well where, you know, Savage was tied up in the ropes and, and Jake takes out his Cobra and it latches on to Savage's arm. And, and it was just that visual, man. You can never get away with that in 2021. But back then, when you saw that on TV, man, that shit was petrifying, terrifying. So the, the Jake Roberts Savage storyline definitely uh, stands out as well. And uh, I, I guess you, you can look at uh, um, when he turned heel as the Macho King. That was another one that really stands out for me with him and Sherry. I love, I love, and I always says I love Sherry and Savage together. Uh, when, he, when he turned the Macho King and, and had Sherry with him, and then that was some really, 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 really ultra, ultra awesome stuff. And Sherry, um, we mentioned this in the past as well. She added so much to a, a new, a, a whole new layer to his character. Uh, and, and a performer like him, a once in a lifetime performer who doesn't really need another layer that can easily create his own himself, be able to have that though. I mean, that was a, an unbelievable tool and weapon uh, for his character at that point. Absolutely. You're, you're, you're absolutely right. And I love the nuance of when Savage is on his face run, he's got the soft-spoken, elegant Miss Elizabeth representing him. When he does that heel turn this time around and becomes the Macho King, he's, got, he's still got a lady representing him, but it's the exact opposite. 
of everything that Miss Elizabeth was to the fans. It was Queen Sherry, who wasn't afraid to get physical, who had a loud, shrieking voice, who would scream, who would get involved. And so when he turned away uh, from Miss Elizabeth, it, it helped go like that extra mile away when he lined up with Queen Sherry. And one of the matches that sticks out in my mind, talking about Savage and Queen Sherry, is kind of the end of their run together. It's the career on the line, career versus career match at WrestleMania 7 between him and the Ultimate Warrior. And at the end of this match, we see Miss Elizabeth run back into the ring and kind of reunite with Macho Man, which is a very heartfelt moment. But seeing these two icons of 80s wrestling, Savage and Warrior, both of them larger than life, both of them wearing colors that just embrace the whole 80s era, just the intensity of both wrestlers. And they're not wrestling for a championship belt. They're wrestling for their career. The stakes could not be higher. And so when we talk about savage moments or matches, that one is one that sticks in my mind. Oh yeah, man. That that was an absolutely awesome one as well. And uh, it it seemed like anything that Randy touched turned to gold, whether it was him as a baby face, him as a heel, him on commentating, anything he did uh, was absolutely awesome. And and I know that we said this in the past about Piper, but uh, uh, we said pretty much the same stuff about Piper, but, Again, they, these are two once-in-a-lifetime performers, and uh, he was equally as good as a heel as he was a babyface, just like Piper was as well. Um, what would be your personal favorite, Jay, your personal favorite Randy Savage match? Not what was the best one or uh, the biggest box office one. This is a kid. What, what would be your favorite one? Would it be uh, Steamboat and, and, and Savage? You know, I'm going to I'm going to do something here that I may have second thoughts of after the fact, but you're asking me right now on the spot if I had to pick a favorite match. And I don't know why I hold this in such high regard in my memory books. It's not a singles match. It would be Hogan and Savage as the Mega Powers taking on the Twin Towers of Big Boss Man and Akeem. And I'm talking about the iconic match where Miss Elizabeth takes a bump Hogan carries her to the back and it's the very like the moment where you know the mega powers are exploding that moment uh, and it was on Saturday night main event um, that moment is so iconic in my mind that if I had to pick like a macho man moment or match that I would want to rewatch it's that moment because I think that's one of the moments where I absolutely fell in love with the business Um, and I know we've talked about that angle I know you love that angle right Oh, yeah, definitely, man. As far definitely. as a singles match for Savage, I think it's, it's hard to choose. Because, yes, Hogan-Savage was a huge WrestleMania moment. Hogan-Warrior was another huge WrestleMania moment. Hogan-Steamboat was a big WrestleMania moment. I'm also a fan of um, Savage uh, against Ric Flair when Ric Flair... Uh, had his first run in the company when everyone was expecting Hogan Flair, but instead we got Savage Flair, but I'm a fan of that match as well. Yeah, man. Uh, um, most my, my probably my, one of my personal favorite memories of Macho Man, looking back at his career, uh, I think would be after the match with the Ultimate Warrior at WrestleMania, 
and Sherry turns on, on Savage, and then Elizabeth runs in and makes the save. And then when Savage first gets up, he thinks Elizabeth's the one that attacked him, but he really quickly realizes it was Sherry that did it. And then just, just feeling the electricity of that crowd, wanting them two to reunite, and and they milked it for a little bit, and then because Savage was just absolutely phenomenal. That, and, and, and Elizabeth as well, with her facials and... That segment, you go back and watch it, but when they finally hugged, man, it's it's hard to to find a pop in the history of wrestling that might have been as loud as that because that was really, 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 really special. That 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 moment was probably one of my favorite Savage moments. You know, it it was a very special moment. It was a very heartfelt moment. You believed what was going on in that moment, and as you were describing it, I couldn't help but go back to last week when we had a conversation about your ISPW show and how you said as the promoter, one of your goals is to send people home happy. And I asked you because you had some special appearances on that show that were unadvertised. And so if you did buy a ticket to the show, you were treated with this little something extra. And I asked you about that. And you said it's because you want to make sure that you under promise, over deliver, that you send people home happy. We had just seen Macho Man, one of the greatest performers of all time. In our minds, just wrestle for the very last time. He lost the career versus career match. He's hanging up his boots. Even if you weren't a Savage fan, there's part of you that is very somber in that moment because you know one of the greatest to ever do it is done doing it. And then they send you home happy. They give you this heartfelt moment that feels so real that you forget that he just lost a career versus career match, and you're so happy for him and Elizabeth that you're going away from this match feeling good. Tommy, as a promoter, you got to love what they did there. Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. Five, five billion percent. Um, but, yeah, like I said, man, it, it's, it's really, really tough to only spend one hour because I feel like we, even, we didn't even scratch the surface yet on, on stuff we can talk about. Uh, or Randy Savage. I guess we, we, we need to bring up, uh, even though it's 80s wrestling podcast, we're talking about Macho Man. You know, he, he went on to go to WCW and, and had a fantastic career there as well. What are, what are some of your favorite Randy Savage memories from, from WCW? You know, when he went to WCW, I guess the behind-the-scenes story is that Vince McMahon was going with a younger generation and so he didn't want Savage to be in the ring, to keep him behind the announcer's table. But Savage didn't feel like he was done wrestling. He felt like he had more to give. And I think he showed that to us in WCW, that he had more to give. We got to see him reconnect with people like Hollywood Hulk Hogan. We got to see him reconnect with Miss Elizabeth. We got to see him have matches against WCW guys like DDP that we would not have otherwise got to see. We got to see his involvement in the NWO, the New World Order. And so I think my favorite parts uh, of his WCW run was just the fact that we got to relive some of the childhood stuff with some of the old school 80s guys. But we also got to see him wrestle some WCW guys, some up and coming guys, guys that uh, were probably fans of his that he got to kind of mentor. He got to to win the WCW Heavyweight Championship, which is a nice uh, attribute to add to his already stellar career. 
I don't know if I have a a, a moment in WCW that uh, I would stand out as Savage's greatest moment in there, but I do remember a match that he had where this was right after Bret Hitman Hart came to WCW too after the Montreal Screw Job. Savage wrestled the Hitman, and I remember the special guest referee was Rowdy Roddy Piper, and I just remember at the time enjoying the fact that you had one of the old school guys in Savage in the ring with one of the new generation guys that he was told in WWF he was too old to wrestle with, Bret Hitman Hart, and then you have Piper as the ref, so it's just that cherry on top. So that's a moment that I felt was very uh, iconic in his WCW run. I'll turn the table on you, Tom, and I'll ask you the same question. Savage and WCW, what comes to mind? Uh, probably, you know, I mean, he had a run there as a champion, the world champion as well. So, I mean, it was just nice to see, um, you know, fans that weren't, I'm looking at it, I'm trying to look at it from a, from a fan's point of view. So if you were a gigantic Macho Man fan and all of a sudden, you know, he's behind a commentating table and you, you know, you still want to see him wrestle, but he's not really wrestling in WWE. Uh, if he goes to WCW now, he's back in the ring again. So I'm, I'm looking at, at it from, I'm, Savage was a gigantic part of WWF for a long time. And when, when he moved over to the commentating booth, I don't think in today's standard, man, I don't think he was that old. How old was he? Maybe in his, his maybe 40. I mean, he, he couldn't have been that old uh, at that point. So uh, maybe in his late thirties. So wrestling fans that were so connected to that character and to that man, and obviously they were, uh, they were probably that was probably a, a channel changer for a lot of people. Uh, you get Hogan, you get Savage, you get the two biggest icons uh, from the WWF's heyday, and now they're in a different promotion. Uh, there's going to be some eyes that are that are, are looking in the other direction. It's like it's like it's it was like a recipe for uh, success and disaster at the same time for WWF because um, uh, a lot of those fans still want to see Savage wrestle. And when he went to WCW, he got that opportunity. So I, I guess for me, I, my, I, I don't really have a favorite Savage memory in WCW, but just the fact that uh, he still had a, 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 a years left to contribute in the ring and, and help, you know, build characters and, 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 and draw money. Uh, I think that, you know, they showed WWF that, you know, he, he still had some gas left in the tank and he absolutely 3 million percent did. You know, I think uh, he was right around, like you said, around that 40 years of age when he made the jump. And a lot of people will argue that that's around the age that you're actually at your prime in the world of professional wrestling. Because if, today, you've taken care of, yeah, if you've taken care of your body, you're, you can still go, but you have the mental maturity to understand the business better. And you, you know enough to slow down when you need to slow down and speed up when you need to speed up. And so guys at the age of 40 still have plenty to offer the business. And I think he was definitely one of them. Like you said, we can't, the whole hour went by so fast. We're already at the hour mark. We could probably do a savage two episode at some point, And I don't think anyone would be mad at us for doing that, That's but it is that idea. time in the show where we got to wind down and look ahead. So I just want to ask Tommy, you're coming off of a huge run for your eighties wrestling, um, I'll call it a franchise. I don't know what you call this thing, but you got so many balls in the air. You just had an ISPW show, which we talked about last week, which people loved. So I would count that as a huge success. You just had Gimmick Night 
on Monday Night Virtual, which as a fan, I, I, I watched it and I was laughing out loud at parts. I'm smiling at parts. I'm hearing the stories. The guys forget that you're live on camera. So they tell some like ultra, uh, ultra like stories from in the locker room. And so that had me smiling and chuckling. It was just a tremendous signing. What's next on your calendar? What can we be looking forward to? Our next, our next event uh, will be for for the Monday Night Virtual. Will be on um, Monday, September the twenty seventh. Monday, September twenty seventh, live on our Facebook page from seven to ten p.m. Eastern Time. WWE Hall of Famer Medusa Alundra Blaze will be joining us on Monday Night Virtual. Originally, it was supposed to be Honky Tonk Man. He needs to reschedule the date. So on short notice, we were able to get Medusa, which I'm extremely extremely happy and grateful for. I think she's a awesome replacement, especially last minute replacement. And uh, she'll be our next one. So if you live in the New Jersey area, we're going to have her at the store the day before the virtual signing. So on Sunday, September 26th from 2 PM to 5 PM, Medusa will be appearing at the wrestling collector in Stockholm, New Jersey. And then the following day, the 27th, uh, we will have her on the Monday night virtual for everyone around the world to get autographed pictures of her. You can order the pictures now at eighties wrestling con.com. That's eight zero S wrestling con C O N.com. You select which photo you want, and then you can watch her sign them live for you on Monday, September 27th. Also that weekend as well, we're doing a special WCW night at the Wrestling Collector on Friday evening, September the 24th from 6 to 8 p.m. with Bill DeMott, who was Hugh Morris in WCW, and Crowbar. They will be at the Wrestling Collector for a WCW night coming up uh, next Friday, uh, September the 24th. But that's in my immediate future in the next week. That is Awesome stuff, Tommy. I'm so excited for you. And if you're listening and you haven't checked out a Monday Night Virtual signing yet, you need to do it because not only is it fun to watch people from your childhood reminisce and sign autographs, but if you log into the chat, you are talking with fans from all over the world about what's going on, about wrestling, and you know you've hit something big. On Monday night, as I'm in the chat and I'm watching the comments come through, Hall of Famer, like legend, Rikishi signs into the chat and starts talking to people. So not only do you have wrestling fans or wrestlers that are signing the autographs, you got wrestlers watching the signings, Tommy. That, that had it's to awesome. blow your mind. Uh, it's awesome, man. I love it. Well, that's our time for the day, Tommy. You filled us in on what's going on. We talked maybe the tip of the iceberg about the career of macho man, Randy Savage, anything you want to say in closing out today's show. Oh yeah. Dig it. For Tommy, I'm jumping Jay. This has been eighties wrestling, the podcast. Catch you right here next week. Thanks guys.